Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Hello everybody, this is John Heindorf and this is another real world road test on the Radio Show Limited network of channels. Uh, I'm standing, as you can probably hear, by the thrum of the exhaust behind our car of choice for this particular programme. And there's a good reason for that, because this is the Panamera Sport Turismo Turbo S e-hybrid. And why am I standing at the back? Well, it's not just because of this lovely noise, although that is part of it. It's because this is an estate car version of Porsche's Big Saloon. Real World Road Tests. You'll remember when Porsche introduced the Panamera, there was more than the odd eyebrow raised from the motoring press and indeed even from Porsche's very loyal customer base. Porsche felt they needed a larger car. They were diversifying their model range, SUVs, in the shape of the Cayenne, and then the Macan a little later, augmenting the sports car range. But for many purists, the Panamera was a step too far. Trying to look like the 911 at the front, and, well, the back end wasn't met, shall we say, with universal praise. I may be being slightly diplomatic there. For this new version of the Panamera, both the Saloon and this Sport Turismo, the estate car version effectively, have had most of the design team at Porsche engaged on the rear look of the car. And to my money, they've done a cracking job. This Turbo SE hybrid is the top of the range it sits uh, at the head of the food chain as far as Panameras and even the Sport Turismos are concerned so it has four exhausts peeking out from underneath a deep rear valance but where the Porsche design money has certainly been put to good use is around the hindquarters and across the back of the car now I've got to say straight away that and many of you will know this I'm a I'm a a real fan of old-fashioned three-box saloons, but I do like a shooting brake, as we call them in the UK, an estate car, a wagon, whatever particular term you use to describe it. Now, in real terms, there's not that much of a change because the Panamera saloon, well, first of all, is a hatchback, and it's also got uh, quite a good amount of space in the back already the change to having a full tailgate has made a little bit of a difference and and I think it's very handsome and uh, I'll just pop the tailgate there which you can do with your foot and that opens up and stick my head into the luggage space probably hear the slight difference in the sound quality there uh, there's a light bar in this at the moment because this car will uh, has been doing pace car and intervention duties at Rensport and will be doing fast lap rides at uh, road atlanta uh, it's big 
It's pretty square. It's not too high of a lip to get your luggage in there. And it's easily contained uh, not only luggage for what effectively is a three-week trip uh, and stay here in the United States, where I've been driving this car from coast to almost coast, uh, but also a whole load of Porsche goodies and other bits and pieces. So as far as a load carrier is concerned, it works. It's not the most capacious of uh, uh, of uh, estate cars, mainly because of this rake on the back, which is quite coupe-like. It's not... The back end doesn't come out and then drop down in a straight line as if it's dropping off of the edge of a cliff. It's far more refined than that. That helps the styling, but doesn't help the load carrying capacity. Let me just shut that. If we come down the side of the car, uh, this one with very, very large 21-inch multi-spoke alloys, and under there is the Porsche Carbon ceramic brake kit the rear pillar i'll just shut that door there the rear pillar is actually quite weighty behind the last window but it's that weight is very carefully and cleverly uh, designed uh, and in some ways camouflaged by the spoiler on top of the rear window which has uh, an additional pop-up spoiler uh, and the black surround to the rear window it, it's all very nice the rear flanks as well also just a little more sculpted on this new version of the Panamera the rear lights there's a new look to those as well very much uh, like the uh, 911 there's contours within that and the Porsche badge goes right across the back the script there in between the rear lights we move down the side of the car uh, fuel flap on the right hand side plug in on the left hand side because of course this is a plug in hybrid let's do the actually let's do the outside i was going to say let's do the hind off sit in the car test a uh, big mirror on the side of the car but let's finish up with the uh, the design of the outside uh, little gills behind the front wheels that uh, get some of the air out from underneath the wheel arches Lovely bit of design on the uh, the dormer as well, by the way, with a little arrow underneath it. Round to the front, and again, this has uh, evolved since the first versions of the Panamera, which were pretty much slavishly trying to look like a 911. Now I think the Panamera has its own look, and I think, if I'm honest, it's much the better for that. Does it look like a Porsche front end? Yes, it absolutely does. And the clever LED matrix lights in behind the large headlamp covers, which are cut back into the top of the front wings, certainly give this car a personality, along with the daytime running lights and a rather deep front spoiler on this Turbo SE hybrid. There's an aggressive note to the front of this car, which I really liked. Helped uh, certainly to my mind by the fact that there's no number plate uh, on this US spec car uh, registered in Atlanta the the uh, bonnet the hood in American parlance has subtle sculpting on it under there of course it's a 4 litre V8 engine and a lot of electronic gubbins as well um, it is I think a thing of beauty 
I'd love the way the car is sculpted at the front, the way it catches the light, this metallic black car. In a rather overcast day as I'm looking at the car at the moment, it is still very, very purposeful indeed. The e-hybrid highlight accent colour is uh, bright lemon yellow and almost a lemony green colour. And that is picked out on the badges on the doors of the car, the e-hybrid badges on the tailgate and the huge brake calipers uh, are also the same colour. Right, let's nip round behind the driver's seat and we'll have a quick look at the interior of this beast. Back door opens nice and wide, almost to 90 degrees, which I like to see. The back seats, all leather in this by the way, uh, back seats all in black, bucket seats in the front, but with sculpted areas so that your uh, knees can go in behind it. Now, I'm sitting easily behind the driver's seat, which, as you know, that is the patented hind-off test because um, I like to be able to sit behind myself where my seat's at. Now, normally, the caveat that I always put in is I sit quite far forward, but I happen to have this seat set on the easy access, so it slides pretty much to its full extent all the way back uh, when the car is at rest as it is now, and I haven't fired up the ignition on the car so i'm actually sitting with the seat almost all the way back not in my driving position which would be quite considerably further forward than that and there's still bags of room the rear seat it is only a four-seater because there's uh, there's no spot in the middle to sit although there is a third seat belt so i suppose i suppose it could perch somebody in there it wouldn't be very comfortable but Essentially, you've got two more bucket seats in the back. They're quite nicely reclined. You're still sitting up a little bit uh, higher than the two front seats, sort of theatre seating style. Uh, but there's plenty of room. The waist level of the car is quite high, but there's plenty of glass, so it's not too claustrophobic. And this car has a double panoramic roof. The front part, of course glass pops up and slides back the back part is uh, just glass but it does have a movable sun blind which is uh, controllable from the front seat couple of usb ports just hidden away under the front of the middle portion of the seats here not easy to see there but little spot to put your phone there you've got your own controls for the uh, rear heating and ventilation and if I can just pull it out, a rather nice uh, centre console between the two seats as well, which is uh, very nice to see, uh, with cup holders that pop out of the front of that. Very nice place to be, a little bit of carbon fibre on the back. Uh, there are uh, ventilation outlets uh, at high level and at knee level. Uh, on the B pillar in front of you as well. Oh, just found a button that I didn't know I had. Hmm, very good. And tie-down straps as well in uh, on the floor area in case, of course, you uh, recline, or should I say flatten the back seats, which you can do to make a huge load area. Uh, this would be a very comfortable, very quick uh, machine to carry your bits and pieces around. Also nicely... Uh, thought out here in the Alcantara headlining there are a couple of 
mounting points for the uh, rear the the rear cargo screen. So again, if you do have lots of stuff in the back, you can still put the rear cargo net up into the roof to stop things sliding forward. LED lighting on this car as well. Okay, let's get to the business end and to the driver's seat. Right, in behind the very traditional and easily recognisable three-spoke Porsche steering wheel with the aluminium paddles for the eight-speed gearbox on this car. The uh, little knurled wheel just to the left-hand side and below the left-hand centre spoke of the steering wheel is the performance selector on this car. Uh, it still has the how quickly can we run out of continent button in the middle that fires everything up to 11. Uh, super boost, if you will. Uh, but we have E, H, S and S plus for um, full hybrid, hybrid auto, sport and sport plus. But of course, I'll just put the ignition back on again and you'll hear the car welcome me. Um, everything is configurable from the touch screen in the middle which uh, all of the dials and the touch screen in the middle uh, stay black a piano black uh, which contrasts nightly nicely with the carbon fiber and aluminium trim in this car uh, you can pretty much set everything up the way you want it the hybrid system the chassis height how the uh, dampers work and then there's an individual button that you can save that onto you can then save that onto your key or onto one of the seat presets in the door here center console dominates the front end of this car again finished in gloss black uh, heater and ventilation controls another set of touch buttons to enable you to access the stuff on the screen uh, it could take you hours to get this the way you want it, uh, probably will, and it is one of those things that you can just slightly adjust and fiddle with and get things the way that you want it. This uh, car has got a great sound system, uh, the Bose sound system, and uh, the satellite radio option as well in the US. Centre console has a uh, centre uh, airline style roof console has even more buttons on it it has been a little criticism of porsche that they're a little bit button heavy on their uh, their consoles the latest cars they're all touch uh, pads uh, although the airline style center console in the ceiling still has proper buttons but what i really like all the things like the temperature, the volume control on the centre console, all the things that you are going to touch, and they, they, they aren't just touch sensitive, the things that are actually switches, they are knurled metal, and they're, they're a thing of beauty to touch. Um, I, I'm slightly disappointed that I can't access more from the steering wheel. Um, there's a lot of configurable dials in front of me, five, um, and I can cycle through a lot of stuff on that, but uh, what I can't easily do is access some of the features on the touchscreen. 
and in fact the majority of the features on the touchscreen for safety reasons are locked out whilst you are driving including things like changing the chassis uh, changing the chassis height and the dampers uh, the uh, quite a lot of the sat nav uh, features are locked out as well that's a safety feature which i sort of approve of um i can turn the sport exhaust system on or off though which is quite important um the dashboard itself is very porous center uh rev counter with turbo s on it i mean you could look at that and that could have come out of a car from 40 50 years ago and i don't say that in a bad way um it's exactly what you'd expect to see white on black and the turbo s script in the middle of it um, that is a traditional analog dial although the um, hand itself the rev counter has has been picked out in that e-hybrid signature bright yellowy green color as are the clocks on the virtual analog clock which you can have a di digital the other four dials you can configure to pretty much what you want the speedo is off to the left but you can put different things in the middle you've got the uh off to the right of the rev counter is the fuel gauge uh, and the electric mileage and then you can mess around with all of that to your heart's content automatic headlights usual kind of script there they work very well and the uh, matrix leds I, I mean if it's an option on a car really i would take it it's worth the price of admission to see them working i think it's brilliant this has got sport chrono as well which is the extra dial in the middle of the dashboard uh, for uh, timing your track you can make that into a clock as well um track laps in this car why oh well we'll get to that in the driving uh just a final note really useful cubby areas couple of cup holders big door pockets big glove box huge glove box uh, and also somewhere to stick your phone out of sight with a little place to it's got like a, a little holder that you can stand your phone up and have the charger into it and you don't have to have a huge long cord to get it into the usb that's in the very nicely appointed center console it all falls to hand exactly as you'd imagine. Electric adjustment for the very, very comfortable bucket seats in the front, uh, which do everything um, pretty much for you. This doesn't have the massage feature, which is available as an option, optional extra. But to be honest, I'm not keen on that anyway. Really like the side bolsters on both the seat squab and the seat back are, of, are adjustable. And again, you can set all of these uh, on the uh, on your own setting on the buttons on the memory on the side so that's the inside of this car very very nicely appointed exactly what you'd expect and other than the the fact that it's got a slightly different rear end of course it's exactly the same as the saloon so we're with the porsche panamera sport turismo which means the estate car version it's the turbo s e hybrid top of the shop in terms of luxury and performance as we'll find out when we take this car on the road here on the rsl radio network real world road test that is the unmistakable sound of the porsche v8 4 liter engine that uh, is part 
of the mort of power of this Porsche Panamera Turbo SE Hybrid, the Sport Turismo version. Let's get on the road and find out what it's like behind the wheel. Well, it's a good place to be in the cockpit of this car. Very pleasant, all the things where you'd expect them to be. Before we get any further, let's just say straight away that the combination of hybrid battery power for around about 29, 30 miles of full electric power and this four litre over 500 horsepower V8 work very well together. The integration of the systems and the drive has been perfectly worked out by the Porsche engineers. What that gives you is an exceptionally smooth ride and as I'm cruising along now, just under 50 miles an hour, if I lift off, the engine will continue to run for a little while and then the burble of the exhaust dies away. But even as I'm accelerating up this little bit of a hill, I can tell from the instrumentation that I'm getting a little bit of e-power. Now lifting off again and the hybrid will kick in and you hear the engine stop running and we are now sailing coasting if you will Porsche like to call it sailing there's the engine cutting back in again almost imperceptibly imperceptibly if it wasn't for the fact that I had selected the sport exhaust system to make it a little bit noisier you probably wouldn't hear that at all so what does that give you? Well, nearly 700 horsepower distributed between all four wheels where required. A 0-60 time that would make some performance motorcycles blush. And all remember in a four-seater station wagon bodied car. This is a shooting brake with attitude. But it's still a Porsche. Still unmistakably a Porsche. Whether it's the steering wheel or the way the car turns into the corners the car is immediately reminiscent of Porsche's present and past indeed this seating position with the long bonnet stretching out in front of me and me sitting right down on the floor reminds me a little bit of my 968 Sport and I say that with a great deal of love and respect for what Porsche have managed to achieve here even on the most aggressive settings for the suspension, it's never crashy. And trust me, on the Trek, if he said how many miles it was there, that would have given away the potential competition here on the Radio Show Limited network of channels. Uh, on the Monterey to Road Atlanta run that I have done, the road surfaces have varied between billiard table smooth and almost hazard county gravel to be honest and this Panamera Sport Turismo has taken it all in its stride remarkable when you think 21 inch rims and hyper low profile tyres adding to that the comfort of the seats and just the general demeanour of the car and the body control that Porsche have built into this quite large machine and it is large and imposing well you just feel comfortable secure and the car feels planted you know like a Porsche
odd that isn't it what I'll take away from this long drive is just this car's brilliant ability to eat up the miles now we have had places where the speed limit was 75 miles an hour sometimes it's only 55 miles an hour coming across from California through I think nine states to end up near road Atlanta and this car has eaten it all up and with a fuel consumption by the way remarkably I think for the performance on tap here around 31 miles to the US gallon work that out in the UK and that I think is somewhere over 35 and I'll say now that if we'd been recharging this car every evening that would have been a good three or four miles an hour better at the very miles a gallon better rather at the very least the hotel that I stayed in in Nashville did have a charging facility I was able to top the battery up and that certainly added considerably to the mileage figure ultimately I suppose if you had a short commute and you were charging both at home and at work maybe 15 maybe even as much as 20 miles you'd never actually have to worry about putting fuel in during the week and then when you wanted to head out and have some fun whether it was filling up the following uh, up your hobby pursuits and filling the back of the car up with a cycle or something else for the great outdoors or filling it with your family or heading on a shopping trip then I think it would be perfectly acceptable to do so the split personality of this car is remarkable sitting now as we are at near the legal limit here in uh, Georgia which on the I-85 as you probably heard the sat nav telling me is just on 70 miles an hour and the instant miles to gallon getting close to 40 just remarkable thing to see in a car of this size of this weight and of this performance capability I'm told that the launch control is extraordinary honestly I haven't tried it I didn't feel the need to to be honest and even in the great long stretches of New Mexico and Nevada and one or two of the other states where there are very long stretches of straight road I still felt it was slightly unnecessary I think 22 miles without turning the wheel was the uh, was the record on this trip so where does this car sit as far, far as Porsche is concerned the Panamera has undoubtedly established itself within the model range and I think the Sport Turismo just adds to the Panamera's appeal in truth it doesn't add a whole heck of a lot more in terms of its luggage space because of the shape of the back end of the car and particularly of course with the battery pack under the floor of this particular variant but that said it does have a different look and style we've been stopped by an awful lot of people to ask about this car it does get looks in the way that interestingly the 
Panamera saloon probably doesn't. I've had long conversations with Porsche aficionados, including the president of the Porsche Club uh, just outside Chattanooga. Uh, sorry, just outside of, of uh, Nashville when I was filling the car up with fuel and he was very, very interested in it and he sees this car as a very much all Porsche. And that's the thing, isn't it? As Porsche have diversified, some of the traditionalists have thrown their hands up and run around with their hair on fire saying it's not a proper Porsche. At whatever new model Porsche have brought out down through the years, whether it was the end of the air-cooled cars, the move into SUVs, the predecessor of this Panamera, the siren cry has always been, oh, this is the end, this is Porsche selling out, it's not a proper Porsche. Well, I'm here to tell you as somebody who loves classic Porsches that this is a proper Porsche. It, is it a 911? No. Is it a 968? No. Absolutely not. But it is a Porsche in everything that it does. And it just underlines what I found out at Rennsport where we picked up this car to start this epic trip to Road Atlanta, that there is a Porsche for everyone. I don't think this will be the end of the diversification of Porsche's model line. I'd like to see a new 928, a front-engine V8 with the same sort of hybrid technology that we've got, but maybe in a two-door coupe style. Now, I may be in a minority for that, and maybe Stuttgart has already done that market research and says, no, I'm sorry, there's not enough people. There's only that John Heindorf wants one of those, and we're not going to build a car just for him. But there's no reason why the underpinnings and the technology that's behind this car couldn't be used in that way. I know that this second generation of hybrid, which, by the way, has borrowed some of its technology and the control systems from what Porsche learned in motorsport with the 919 hybrid and more recently with the 919 hybrid Evo, the de-restricted version of that LMP1 car. It's a, another step forward from the Cayenne hybrid that I took to Le Mans a couple of years ago. The pace of change is staggering. The efficiency that is now being gained by these fuel and electric hybrid cars are is moving forward at a pace that frankly I never expected everything that Porsche has learned down through the years has gone into this car and everything that they'll learn from this car will go into the full electric cars that are just around the corner I think this is just about the perfect balance between sensible genuine concern for the environment and the hybrid capacity of 30 miles isn't a lot but I've no doubt that that will increase on cars like this in the future and yet for a true driving enthusiast even in electric mode it still delivers that driving pleasure that is of course behind every Porsche and when you've got a stonking sounding 4 litre V8 under the bonnet as well 
then really, you can't complain at all, can you? That's a soundtrack that is addictive. Now, I can't afford one of these cars as this car sits at the end of 2018. It's specced up with the well, carbon brake package and one or two other things. $217,000, the windscreen price. That's a major investment. But a Porsche V8? Hmm. Maybe an early Cayenne GTS? Or how about a 928 GTS? If you can find one. It's got me thinking, and I'll be looking at the internet when I give this car back, which I'm going to be loath to do. There are other versions of this car, V6, there's a V8, a V8 Turbo, as well as this top-of-the-range Turbo S E-Hybrid. And it's just another string to the bow of the Stuttgart brand. Porsche have done it again. And don't listen to what anybody says, I promise you. Go and drive it, get behind the wheel. If this is the sort of performance shooting brake station wagon that you're looking for, get behind the wheel. There's not much on the road that'll touch it, whether in this body form or even something a little more small and sporty. And you know what? You could take this on a track day. The advantage you've got with this is you can put your track day wheels and tyres in the back and all your kids as well and drive it on the road in style. Do you know what? I bet somebody does that soon. Porsche Turbo SE Hybrid, Panamera Sport Turismo, just another great Porsche. Another real world road test. Check out more at RadioLeMond.com.